0: Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, I'm just so thankful. It's not probably a too holy sounding thing to say first thing on the morning, but um, you just got to be real here, but uh, amen, amen. Um, I'm just so thankful for the opportunity to be able to to speak to you all this morning. And uh, if you didn't notice it, there's a common thread through all the songs this morning. It's about joy. What we're going to talk about this morning is how to really enjoy your life. Amen. How to really enjoy your life. If you will turn with me to John 15 verses 9 through 11. This is an interesting part of scripture because this is where Jesus he's preparing the disciples before he goes to the cross. And these are some final words, final thoughts that he's leaving with the disciples knowing knowing that he's going to be betrayed knowing that he's going to suffer, knowing that he's going to die a horrible death on the cross. And this is what he says, John fifteen nine through 11. As the Father loved me, I also loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments in his love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you that your joy may be full. Let's pray together. Father, I just thank you, God. I thank you, Lord, for God, who you are. God, that you're always good no matter what's going on. God, I thank you this morning, Lord, that, Father, as we, as we learn of your word, God, as we've worshiped you, Father, that, God, we truly know you. <laughs> not just know about you, but know you. Know your love for us. God, let your joy, let your joy, not our joy, let your joy flood this place this morning. God, help me to say what you would have me to say in Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Well, if you looked at that, it's not a typo. The n's kind of in parentheses. The enjoy is "enjoy," joy. I N. And the reason I purposely did that because enjoy E N J O Y. The definition of that means to take delight in an activity or an occasion. You know, if you've had a really good meal, or you've, you've been to a good movie, or you just had a really good day and you've enjoyed that, but it's, it's to enjoy an activity or an occasion. But actually, the definition of joy is quite different than that. The definition of joy is a very positive confidence that we can possess by knowing and trusting God regardless of circumstances, Regardless of what's going on. So it's not based on an activity or on an occasion. It's regardless of circumstances. It comes from having a confidence that we, that, that we can possess by knowing and trusting Him. You know, so many times we, we base our joy on conditions, don't we? It's conditional. It's kind of that if-then principle. If this, then. If I make more money, then I'll be happy. <laughs> For the singles who are in here, if I find that guy or that girl, then I'll be happy. For those of you who've been married a while, if I can just get some alone time, then I'll be happy. (laughs) If I can find a babysitter, then I'll be happy, (laughs) right? So it's that if-then principle, but event-based happiness is always temporary. It's always temporary. It's not sustainable, but joy is much different. Joy is sustainable. That's why Nehemiah says the joy of the Lord is our strength. The joy of the Lord is our strength. It is, it's what sustains us. It is absolutely sustainable. You know, as I said before, in, in John 15, Jesus knows. You know, the interesting thing is Jesus was fully man, like us, but he was also fully God, so he didn't have to wonder or question what was in people's hearts or what was going on because he was fully God. Judas was in his midst, and he knew the whole time. He knew the whole time that this man was going to betray him. He knew this. He knew what was ahead of him. He knew he was going to the cross. And even there in Gethsemane, he said to the father, if, it be, you know, if this can pass from me, God, I want to pass. And he, he sweat uh, drops of blood out. Wow. He knew. He knew. He didn't have to question. You know, we as humans, um, we don't fully know the hearts of other men. Only God can know the heart of man, right? But Jesus knew that. And here he is knowing that he's going into the most critical point in his life, the, the actual reason that he came. And he's offering hope to the disciples, right? And I love what He says, he says, to abide in my love, keep my commandments. Keep my commandments. There is a, 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 the love and the joy that comes from obedience, from doing what he says. And I don't want you to kind of think about this like the commandments, like the Ten Commandments. He says, my commandments. And when Jesus was asked, what, what is the most important commandment? Do you remember what he said? He said, to love your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength, right? And then he said the second is to love your neighbor as yourself. So it can all drill down to that. Doesn't mean we throw the, the baby out with the bathwater, but he came to c- fulfill the law, right? All the, the, the things that God, you know, commanded. He fulfilled God, he was coming to fulfill God's commandments, but he left us those two commandments. And he says if you, you will keep these You'll abide in my love. So I think so many things in the world could be fixed if we just did those two things. All of them actually could be fixed. If we love God with all of our heart, with all of our mind, with all of our soul, and then we love other people as we love ourselves. That takes care of it. And he then goes on to say, he says, I've told you these things so that my joy (laughs) may remain in you and that your joy may be full. He said, my joy first. That's the priority. We have to have his joy first. Remember our joy, what we know about joy, it's not sustainable. It's based on circumstances. It's based on occasions. It's based on things in our life that are subject to change. But he says, you know what? If you, 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 you keep my commandments and, and my joy is in you, my joy will, and then your joy will be full. So many people, they're looking, they're looking, they're searching for really true joy. They really are. That's why we have the drug addiction problems and things that we have, the the sexual and porn addictions that we have. People are looking, they're looking for some happiness, for some joy in something. They're trying to fill up these these empty places that only God himself can fill. Only his presence can fill those things and, and give you that true joy, but Jesus has to be first. He has to be first so that our joy may be full. Now, over into the next chapter in John 16, he's continuing to prepare the disciples before he goes to the cross. He says in John 16 and 33, John 16, 33, These things I have spoken to you that in me you, have may, you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. This is right before he knows he's going to the cross, and he says, cheer up. Cheer up. Be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. We don't get a pass on tribulation, church. We don't get a pass on it. He, he tells us right here that it's going to happen. Things are going to happen. Stuff's going to happen. But we live in a fallen world, things are going to happen. Things we don't understand. Some of them are choices that we make. Some of them are things that are beyond our, out of our control, and they're, they're based on choices other people made. But there is going to be things that happen to us, trouble, tribulation. But then he says, cheer up. Look at your neighbor. Look at your neighbor and say, cheer up. Oh, look at the other neighbor. Cheer up. He's, oh, my goodness. Cheer up. <laughs> Cheer up. For I have overcome the world. I have overcome the world. Bishop says that he said it for years. We always win. We never lose. If You're worried about what's going to happen. We're in an election cycle. We're, we're the economy. They're starting to say the economy is starting to go down again. All of these things, we look around it. if you're a Fox News junkie, you know, you can see all this stuff or MSNBC or whatever, and you get on there and you look at this stuff. Shoot, you don't even have to get on that. You can get on Facebook and you look at it and you think, my God, what's happening? The world has gone crazy. And Jesus says, cheer up. Cheer up. I have overcome the world. So no matter what you're facing, he says, you win. You win. But there is a condition to that. He says, keep my commandments. Amen. Keep my commandments. Keep those commandments and you'll abide in my love. And if my joy has to be first, then your joy will be full. You know, love and jo- life and joy should go together. <laughs> they just should. So many people are just surviving you know, I had something happen to me last year in March, and um, it was a life-changing moment for me. I was heading to the hospital on I-64 West, and I was driving along. And I'm a fast driver. I'm a lead foot. I'm terrible about that. I don't like to follow big trucks. So if you drive a truck, I'm sorry, but I will pass you <laughs> every time. I don't care how fast you were going. And I was going up this huge hill in Greenbar County, and I was—it's it, a long hill that goes up past the visitor center and rest area there on I-64. And I was in behind this truck, and I was just—I was praying. I was praying about some things that were just on my heart. They were troubling me. They were pressing on me. You know, you know how you do—you're just in the zone, and you know I'm driving, and I'm praying, and I get up behind this truck, and I get ready to hit the signal and go over into that left passing lane. And I just felt the Holy Spirit stop me, and I stayed behind that truck, which I hate to do, but I stayed behind it, and literally like three seconds later, a truck topped over the hill going the wrong way on the interstate. And um, it was a a, a little older lady, and she was driving, and apparently she must have been confused or whatever, and she was driving the wrong way on the interstate. I would have hit her head on. And the nurse part of me, that took over at first. So I, like, I whipped over on the side of the interstate. I called 911. I'm like, there's this person driving on the interstate going the wrong way. And they're like, we know we're, we've dispatched somebody. And then I just sat there and watched in my rearview mirror, watched this lady and, and just praying in the Holy Ghost, just praying because I didn't want her to be hurt or anybody else to be hurt because that, it, it, it went from my immediate situations, stuff that was troubling me to eternal situations about life and death. Amen? So I started praying and praying and praying and praying, and then I, I saw her top of the hill, and then I just felt a release. I felt like, you know, it was okay to go. I stayed there for a while, and I whipped back out, got back on the interstate, got off. Um, the exit there is called Heart's Run, and I got off at the exit, and it comes to a T. When I got to that stop sign, I realized in that moment what had just happened, It never dawned on me until that moment that I almost died. And I just sat there, and I was like, wow. Wow. You know, the things that really matter here, um, this stuff doesn't matter, really. It's not eternal. And I heard the Holy Spirit say something in my spirit to me last year. It was right before Easter, sitting at that intersection, He said, you're going to a new level of freedom. And this morning, I want to speak that over you this morning. You're going to a new level of freedom. And that new level of freedom is in his joy. It's in his peace. It's in his love. Amen. Not fixed and focused on what's happening right now. Even though it looks chaotic, it doesn't make sense, it's things you didn't expect, you're going to a new level of freedom, amen? You know, when I think, I love to watch kids worship. I was so excited they were going to be in here this morning with us, and I love to watch kids worship. I love to hear kids laugh. Do y'all like to hear kids laugh? Mandy's little baby back there. Oh, he's just so precious. And, um, last uh, Friday night at the movie night, he was just laughing. I would grin at him and he'd go, <laughs> and he just, you know, that whole, uh, full belly shake, <laughs> you know, it just makes you, it just, it just makes you want to just laugh. You can't help but laugh when you hear babies giggle. I'll hear my son in the other room and he'll be watching, um, watching, um, Tammy told me about kid snippets and, <laughs> We started watching those, and I heard my little boy in the other room, just giggling his head off. And I was studying, you know, for this, and I was like, wow, you know, God, that's, that's what you, you, you long to hear us laugh like that. He longs to hear us laugh like that. How, how many of y'all seen that Chewbacca Mom video? Put your hand up. Have you seen the Chewbacca Mom? You know, Walt and I were talking about that and, and why it had so many views and so many people looked at it. It was just sheer joy. It was the simple joy of a Chewbacca mass. Roar! I can't even do the sound that good, but I mean, she just her laugh was infectious, and she come to find out she's a she's like a worship pastor. She's a Christian, and that's that joy inside of her. His joy that her joy may be full. She was full of his joy that her joy may be full, and now she's impacted millions and millions of people. With a Chewbacca mask. (laughs) I love that. I love that. You know, and that's what God longs to hear us laugh. Some of you haven't laughed in a long time. You haven't laughed in a long time. You say, well, you just don't know what I've been through. Jesus said, cheer up before he went to the cross. (laughs) I think we need to put it in perspective here. But there are truly things in life that will just suck the joy right out of you. Have y'all seen that, is it progressive commercial, the rate suckers? And the people go along and they, you know, it's all the other people and they jump on the car and it's, you know, and they're like, they say that they raise your rates because of their bad driving and they're the rate suckers, you know, and there's people, you know them, don't look around, that they suck the joy out of you just like that. You see them in Walmart and you're like. You know, going down the other aisle, you, you know, because you know as soon as you get in a close enough proximity to them that they're going to suck the joy right out of you, the life right out of you. Amen? Amen. And there's some things that do suck the joy out of us. The first thing is fear. Huh. Fear. When we're afraid, we immediately build walls. We immediately build walls. We don't give people access when we're afraid. We, want, we don't want to be vulnerable. We don't want to be open because we might get hurt. And we put these walls up. And, you know, the, 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 the kissing cousin of fear is anxiety. Anxiety is driven by the what-ifs of life. What if this happens? What if that happens? What if this happens? What if that happens? Then, you know, and you, you can go through all of these scenarios and then all of a sudden, you're paralyzed. So it'll wall you off. It'll paralyze you. But I've heard it said, I've never actually counted all of them, but there's 365 fear nots in the Bible, one for each day of the year. So whenever, he didn't say we weren't going to f- be afraid, that we'd never feel fear, but he said, don't let fear have you. Fear not. Fear not, for I've overcome the world. Fear not. Don't let fear wall you off and put you in a place of isolation. You know, here at, at, at One Life, the first thing on the wall over there is that experience God. And really, we, this should be a place where people can come in without fear to truly encounter and experience his presence his love, his joy, his peace. He shouldn't come in here and be afraid. And for some of you, that may, it, may, it may take a big step for you to even just get to church some days, you know? And so this should be a place where we can experience God, a place without fear, without, without all of that coming against us. So don't let fear suck your joy out. The second thing is selfishness. <laughs> selfishness, me, myself, and I. What about me? If y'all listen to Joyce Meyer, what about me? What about me? What about me? You're always on your mind. <laughs> now, all we have to do is just look at our culture. It's full of selfies. It's full of selfies. But you know what Jesus, before he was crucified, he took off his robe of righteousness. His you know, his robe he got a towel, and he got down, and he washed the disciples' feet. Even before he was going to go through one of the hardest, the hardest thing in his life, the end of his life, he was thinking about others, serving others. Amen. You know, and we always, we kind of think about selfishness like a bratty child, right? I want my way, mine, you know, don't want to share that kind of thing, like this bratiness, but Selfishness is really, actually, it's even more subtle. It's when you can't think about anything else but what you're going through. And actually, not too long ago, I was um, up here um, on a Monday, and I went into a subway to get some lunch. And I was in line. It was at lunchtime, and the line was long, and so I was at the end of the line i was just thinking about stuff. How I many y'all you kind of get in your own br- in your own place in your brain about what's going on. You know, you're just in your stuff, thinking about it, thinking about it. I'm waiting in line, I'm waiting in line and I mean it's just it's a long line. And all of a sudden I looked up and I I, wa- I started watching one of the ladies that were preparing the sandwiches and she looked really overwhelmed. And it it caught my eye and I noticed it. And I started kind of watching her. And when I finally, I was the last one and I got up there and I said, wow, so I really got busy there. And she said, she says, yeah, I'm really overwhelmed. And I said, well, I'm the end of the line. <laughs> She's like, well, it's my first day back to work and I'm just, I'm a little out of sorts. And I said, oh, you've been on vacation. She said, no, my 19 year old son died last week. Wow. What do you say to that? And I said I'm so sorry. She says, "Yeah, I probably probably should have took some more days off, but I needed to get back to work." So she fixed my sandwich, and I just I talked to her just a little bit, and I went back and I sat down at the table, and I sat so I could see her, and I just started praying. I started praying. I said, God, I don't know what to do for her, but I want to do something. God, just help her. And I don't tell you this to say I'm so great or pat me on the back, but the Lord spoke to me and he says, you give her every bit of money you've got in your purse. So I opened up my wallet and I pulled out what I had there in cash and I prayed and I waited for an opportunity when she was up there by herself. And it kind of cleared out a little bit, you know. So I went up there to her and I just, I had folded it up and I, I said, can I speak to you? And she said, yeah. And she came up to the counter and I said, I just, I just want to give this to you. I feel like God has told me to, to give this to you. And I said, I, I want you to know that I'm praying for you. And um, she hugged me across the counter and she said, thank you. And, and then I went and I went on out. I got in my car and she came flying out of the door and chased my car down in the parking lot. She'd come flying out of there, and she ran up to, the door and, um, up to the door of my car, and I rolled down the window, and she said, just here, she says, I've just got to thank you. And She reached inside the car and just grabbed me and hugged me. And I said, you know, I said, can I pray for you? And she said, yes, please. And I said, do you know the Lord? And she said, yes. And she said, that's the only thing getting me through is I know my son knew him, and I'll see him again and she says i will see him again and it was like she was almost encouraging me <laughs> you know here i was sitting there thinking about this stuff that's not eternal and this lady had just lost her son and she said i will see him again and so we had prayer together and i just hugged her and you know but if we just if we just take our eyes off ourselves get our mind off of ourselves for just a moment god will show us people and you know what That brought me such great joy to be able to bless her. But then she turned around. It's like, I hear that so many times. If any of you have been on mission trips, I know Bishop goes down, you know, to to Honduras. We've been to Ecuador with him. And you go there and you think you're the one that's going to bless them. And then they turn around and they pray for you. And, And you realize, gosh, you know, they're blessing me. So if we can just get our mind off ourselves a little bit. The, the uh, third thing, third thing that'll suck the joy right out of you is bitterness. But <laughs> it says the bitter root will defile many. You won't just suck the life out of you, it'll suck the life out of everybody around you. Bitterness is, whew. it's something that, you know, we as children of God, We can't abide in his love and remain in bitterness. You know, that uh, the old cliche, it's like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. When you're bitter, you are literally drinking that poison in, and then you're oozing it out all around you. If you've got bitterness this morning about things, you've got to lay that down. You've got to give, just turn that over, turn, turn whatever that offense was, lay it down, get rid of it. Get rid of it, because as long as you're bitter, you will never have his joy. Your joy won't be full. You won't have his joy, and your joy won't be full. You've got to get rid of that. The last thing, the fourth thing is sin and guilt. Sin and guilt. You know, the enemy always wants you focused on your failures, your shortcomings, the things that you're not, what's missing, what's broken, broken, right? He wants you focused on those things. But there, you know, God, when he saves you, it's just like when we sing, when I think about the Lord, how he saved me. You know what? When he saved you, that is gone. When you ask for forgiveness for that, it is, I know it's elementary, it seems so simple, but if we can just get a hold of that, that, how much God really loves us, and that when he forgives us, It's not a conditional forgiveness. He doesn't leave something over here in the margin. It's erased. It's completely gone as far as the east is from the west. Some of you this morning need to forgive yourself. You need to forgive yourself. Don't remain in in sin and uh, don't continue to do that, but also don't let guilt overwhelm you and shame one more thing is isolation. Some of you are like, oh, I'm an introvert. I don't want to be around people. I don't like people. I like being by myself. But you know something? There's a way that God designed and created us that we need each other. Some of us are more touchy-feely. Some of us like to be in groups. But you do have to have connections even to just a few people. You have to have those connections I can tell you, I can prove it to you scripturally. <laughs> he says, where two or three are gathered together. <laughs> where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I will be also. He says that he inhabits the praises of his people. He didn't say of his person. I mean, yes, he'll inhabit, but he, he really wants us to be together, to be unified, to be connected. And that's what life groups, that's what life groups, it is the lifeblood of a church. Miss Ava over here, Miss Ava, would you wave your hand? That's our life group's leader over there, and she has such an important role in this church because you need to get plugged in and connected to people. You know, you can come into the church, and you think, well, I'm coming to church, but there's something about when you're in a, in a, in a smaller group of people that you truly get to know one, one another. You truly share one another's burdens. You can truly be vulnerable. Amen? Amen. So, life groups. I know we're in a summer semester, but you know there's life groups out there for you. There's this fall we'll have more. But get plugged in. Get plugged into one. Amen. You know there's a reason why solitary confinement is the most uh, severe punishment. Think about that. When they have prisoners of war, what do they do with them? They isolate them. They keep them by themselves. It's the most severe form of punishment. Because the enemy knows how powerful we are together, he knows that you truly go to a new level of freedom when you connect with people when you are able to you know what confess it says confess your faults to one another you don 't have to tell everybody, but you need to tell somebody you need to get that out of you you 're only as sick as the secrets that are inside of you, and you need to connect connect to each other and share those things Amen. My pastor back in White Sulfur, he used to always say the banana that gets separated from the bunch gets peeled and eaten. <laughs> There's a lot of truth to that. That's the truth about isolation. Isolation, you're the one. If you get separated out, that's what predators do. You know, we have farm animals. <laughs> sheep you know, if you think about sheep or goats or you know, they, they wait for the one that gets out here by itself, don't they? The predators wait for that. The enemy waits for that. He roams about seeking who he may devour. And the one he's going to get is the one who's cut out, who's not in close proximity and connected. Connected, amen? So don't let isolation suck out your joy. (laughs) James 1 and 2 says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials count it all joy. Romans 14, 17, for the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Amen. Psalms uh, 100 verse 2 says, serve the Lord with gladness, come before his presence with singing. Y'all know the song, If if you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. If you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. If you're happy and you know it, then you're will surely show it. If you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. A seed in that just put a smile on your face. You know, he says, come in my presence with singing. There's a reason why we do that. Yes, I'm, you know, I lead worship. I love music. I love singing, but worship's even deeper than that. It's deeper than that. It's coming before him with gladness, <laughs> coming with thankfulness, for what he's done, for what he's doing, and what he will do, like Apostle Milfield said last week. We thank him in advance <laughs> for what he's going to do. We come into his presence with gladness, with singing. <laughs> There's a whole lot of cranky Christians out there. <laughs> do you know that in restaurants that servers statistically, they make less tips on Sunday? They don't like to work Sundays because they deal they deal with cranky people. And that's typically the day we're out there. What does that say? We're supposed to be salt and light. Taste and see that the Lord is good. And if you're spit and vinegar instead of salt and light, people don't want to taste you. If you're going out to eat this evening, after, this afternoon after service, tip well. <laughs> Bless those servers. Bless them bless them. You know, we say, oh, we want people to come to the church, come to the church. But we can't lay down a little extra cash on the table, you know. Um, So, yeah, I won't keep on that riding that horse. But yeah, absolutely. Treat those people good. You know, God wants to restore joy in this house. There's been a lot of change. You guys walked through a lot even before I came. There's been change since I've been here. Bishop kind of spoke to that this morning, that we're looking ahead. But we can't let that suck the joy out of us by thinking about who's not here, what's not here, what has changed. You have to look ahead. That's why Jesus endured the cross, for the joy set before him. You have to look ahead. You can't look back. You know, it doesn't mean that you don't appreciate and you don't uh, think about things and remember things. Yes, that's great. But to move forward, to move truly forward, you have to press on. Enjoy. But <laughs> the joy set before you. Amen. So how do we how do we how is our joy restored? A couple of things. First, you have to admit that you've lost some joy. <laughs> you have to be real. You have to be self-aware enough to know, man, I am, my joy meter's down here, you know? Sometimes it's just that we get bored, don't we? We kind of get bored, we get tired of the place that we're in. Sometimes it's that we're taking things for granted, people for granted. You know, we are the wealthiest nation. Even our poorest are still much wealthier than the rest of the world. And, you know, we can take things for granted so easily because it's in our face all the time. You need more. You need more. Get the next phone. Get the next tablet. Get the next whatever. And we have so much to be thankful for. <laughs> so much to be thankful for. But you have to admit when you've lost some joy. I want you to think about something. You don't have to say it out loud. I want, to th- want you to think about on a scale of zero to ten where you're at. Zero, no joy, you are on fumes, empty, it's gone. Ten, we need, we need some of you, <laughs> you know. Uh, you're full up. Your tank is full. And I want you just to think there, just, just for a moment, where are you at? On zero to ten, on that scale, where, where are you at with your joy? I'm going to ask you to do something very brave. I want you to turn to someone next to you, or if you have to go across the aisle or turn around, I want you to tell them your number on the count of three. You ready? Everybody got your number? Okay, here we go. One, two, three. Did you tell them? If you haven't, this friend's getting up. <laughs> That's good. Tell them your number, where you're at in this season hearing some fives heard some I heard somebody say nine I want to go sit beside you Was that, <laughs> I want to sit beside nine no so everybody tell somebody your number that's part of that admitting where you're at admitting where you're at if you're, a, if you're down underneath a five, man, you're, you're getting down on fumes, then we're going to talk about some things that you can do for that number to increase, amen, that his joy would be in you first and that your joy would be full, amen. So, we've told each other, we've admitted where we're at. The second thing is you have to make a choice. You have to make a choice, Kindness is a choice. Generosity is a choice. Serving is a choice. Forgiveness is a choice. Everything is a choice. Really, love is a choice. It's not just an emotion. It is a choice. Do y'all remember the an acronym that was used? It was like with, for joy. The J stands for Jesus. The O stands for Others. And the Y stands for you you or yourself. Notice the order. Jesus, others, yourself. You have to make a choice to prioritize your life that way. Prioritize your thinking that way. Jesus, others, you. (laughs) Amen. The second thing, or the third thing, so we've admitted where we were. We've made a choice. The third thing is to spend time with God. I'm almost there. Hang with me. We're almost done. Spend time with God. In Psalms, he says that he's the lifter of our heads. How many times have you ever sat and just watched people coming and going at a mall or wherever, out in public? How many people walk with their head down? Their head down. They're looking down. They're thinking. They're focused. And, And God says he's the lifter. He's the lifter of our heads. We have to spend time with him. We have to get in his word. We have to spend time in prayer with him. We need to spend time in worship. You're like, well, I can't sing. I can't do any of that. You don't have to sing. You just get in his presence, and you begin to tell him to thank him for who he is. Begin to just praise him. Thank you, God. If you can't thank him for anything else, thank you, God, for saving me. Thank you, God, Lord, for, for forgetting my past, God. Thank you, God, that I woke up this morning, that I've got breath in my lungs, amen, that I was able to get up out of this bed and to move. There's something to thank him for. There's something to praise him for. There's something to worship him for, amen. When we begin to do that, our countenance changes, our countenance it's our facial expressions, our body language, how we hold ourselves. We're no longer bent over, and He lifts our head, and He puts, gives us His joy. Have you ever seen people who just radiate the love of God? Just like the disciples, you know they've been with Jesus. Jesus. You don't have to guess. They just radiate that joy. They radiate it. And that's, that's what God wants to do. He wants to lift your head. He wants to fill you and infuse you with his joy so that, you know what? You can lift others' heads. You can be used by him to be his hands and his feet here. Amen. Amen. <laughs> the fourth thing is start a relational revolution. <laughs> like, what do you mean by that? you ever heard of secondhand smoke and the dangers that it, that it poses? We even have thirdhand smoke now, which is when cigarette smoke gets down in carpet fibers or in clothing fibers, and we warn parents about it with babies, you know. Even being in a home where there's smoke, it gets inside of those fibers and poses a risk to them. So we say, go outside and smoke. Don't smoke in the car with your baby. Secondhand smoke is deadly. So is second-hand negativity. <laughs> so is second-hand complaining, second-hand murmuring, deadly, deadly. <laughs> you think you can be around something and it not get on you? You're mistaken. Second-hand negativity, you need to cut it out of your life. For some of you, that means that you may have to distance yourself from a toxic relationship and you know we just talked about connecting and yes we should connect but if you find yourself being pulled in a negative direction then you need to spend more time with God so that you're strong enough amen and sometimes that means that there needs to be some distance there doesn't mean that you hate this person God loves them but it, it does mean that you you can't let that infiltrate you and penetrate you. So if you're around secondhand negativity, for some of you that may be Facebook. I'm just telling you the truth right here. For some of you, that may be social media, and you need to get off of that. Fast it. Fast it. And I, 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 I told you before, I have a love-hate relationship with it. Actually, Apostle Millfield said that last weekend. I kind of laughed because I do too. I love it that I can connect to people and, and stay in contact with people who live a long ways away that I love. But at the same time, if you get on Facebook and you feel worse about yourself after you've been on there, you need to leave it alone. <laughs> it's not helping you. If you get on Facebook and you have to obsessively look at how many likes you have, and if somebody didn't like something that you put on there and it begins to affect you in a certain way, you need to leave it alone. If you begin to look at comments that people put underneath the stuff and who commented on this and who didn't comment on that, you need to leave it alone. I'm preaching good up in here. I'm preaching good up in here. You need to leave that alone So start a relational revolution. (laughs) The fifth thing, the last thing, is give your life away. (laughs) Give your life away. And you're like, Melissa, I don't want to go to Africa. (laughs) I don't want to do, I'm not a missionary. I'm not called to vocational um, ministry. I don't want to be a pastor. I'm going to tell you right now, this is my husband right over here on in the front wall. <laughs> Sorry, you didn't know I was gonna do thank you. I think he's pretty cute too. Um, he has done more ministry than I've ever done from this platform. He's been on construction sites for years with many more lost people than I've ever come into contact with. I've watched him love people, I've watched him give them rides, give them jobs, help them get skills. He's not in vocational ministry, but he gives his life away. And I can say that because he's my husband, and I love him. But amen.) And for those of you who don't know, his mother lives with us. She's now 83 years old, precious lady. She was a retired telephone operator. For, she was a telephone operator, the chief one for 30 years. The lady knows how to work a phone. She loves to talk on the phone. I tell people all the time, I say, if you call me, you don't get through, I'm sorry. She don't like to answer call waiting either. She says it's rude. <laughs> she, she, when you call her and you talk to her, she's going to give you her full attention. And I have heard her from in her room, in her little hospital bed, because her, she has mobility issues. She's not able to get out and be in church like she'd like to. I have heard her praying, calling and praying for people. She does more ministry from a hospital bed than people who are well able in their body. (laughs) Amen? And I watch that. So give your life away. Give it away. We have a perfect opportunity for you to give your life away. Josh, will you wave your hand? This is our dream team coordinator. We have a dream team here at One Life. This is a place where we, we, we want you to serve. Not so we can get something from you, but we can get something to you, which is joy. <laughs> it's the joy of serving. It's the joy of not being focused on yourself. It's the joy of just being the hands and feet of God. Whether it's out there greeting people, whether it's back helping our children's ministry with Jason and Summer, if it's um, in, a, in, a, in a life group, if it's in praise and worship, if it's in intercession, if it, in prayer, whatever it may be. Give your life away. Amen. Give your life away. I want everybody to stand to your feet. truly enjoyed speaking to you this morning and I'm honored honored to have that opportunity can we just lift our hands in this in this place as a sign of surrender to him